Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Monday of the 16th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Show favour, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace, that made fervent in hope, faith and charity, they may be ever watchful in keeping your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Micah. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Stand up and let the case begin in the hearing of the mountains, and let the hills hear what you say. Listen, you mountains, to the Lord's accusation. Give ear, you foundations of the earth. For the Lord is accusing his people, pleading against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I been a burden to you? Answer me. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I rescued you from the house of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you with Aaron and Miriam. With what gift shall I come into the Lord's presence and bow down before God on high? Shall I come with holocausts, with calves one year old? Will he be pleased with rams by the thousand, with libations of oil in torrents? Must I give my firstborn for what I have done wrong, the fruit of my body for my own sin? What is good has been explained to you, man. This is what the Lord asks of you. Only this, stack justly, to love tenderly, and to walk humbly with your God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. Summon before me my people who made covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens proclaim his justice, for he, God, is the judge. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. I find no fault with your sacrifices. Your offerings are always before me. I do not ask more bullocks from your farms, nor goats from among your heads. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. But how can I recite my commandments and take my covenant on your lips, you who despise my law and throw my words to the winds? To the upright I will show the saving power of God. You do this and should I keep silence? Do you think I am like you? The sacrifice of thanksgiving honours me, and I will show God's salvation to the upright. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. Alleluia, alleluia. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Some of the scribes and Pharisees spoke up. Master, they said, we should like to see a sign from you. He replied, it is an evil and unfaithful generation that asks for a sign. The only sign it will be given is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the sea monster for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. On Judgment Day, the men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation and condemn it. Because when Jonah preached, they repented. And there is something greater than Jonah here. On Judgment Day, the Queen of the South will rise up with this generation and condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And there is something greater than Solomon here. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So it was about a year or two after I was ordained a priest, um, I was serving in a parish and I was asked to go and bring Holy Communion and and anoint uh, a woman who was sick. You know, she'd been housebound for quite a while. And so I went and visited and she was lovely. She was a delight, very faithful Catholic, you know, would come to Mass on Sundays until, you know, illness had prevented her from coming. Um, and I got to know her husband. And her husband was an interesting man. He was he was Catholic, but wasn't much of a churchgoer. And he said to me, and he had a very clear reason why, and it wasn't so much what I expected. He said to me that when he married his wife, she had told him about the devotion to the Sacred Heart. And that there was a promise that was made from Jesus that if you made the nine first Fridays that you wouldn't go to hell. So he thought this was a pretty good deal. And then at the beginning of their marriage, he made the nine first Fridays, went to Mass, received Holy Communion, went to confession, got his nine in and hadn't done anything since. And I remember it like it was yesterday. He looked at me, pointed and he said, and if Jesus is a man of his word, then I'm good. My goodness. Uh, I remember kind of being a little bit dumbstruck. I didn't even know what I said to that. But (laughs) I think he might have missed the point. I'll tell you who I reckon would think he really missed the point. Um, The prophet Micah. Micah, of course, has this beautiful line that, that finishes the first reading today. What is good has been explained to you, man, and this is what the Lord asks of you. Only this, to act justly, to love tenderly, and to walk humbly with your God. Each of these three things points to the heart. And our external actions need to be a manifestation, an expression of what's in the heart. Listen to this. Micah Micah says to us, with what gift shall I come into the Lord's presence and bow down before God on high? Shall I come with holocausts, with calves one year old? Will he be pleased with rams by the thousand, with libations of oil in torrents? Must I give my firstborn for what I've done wrong, the fruit of my body for my own sin? And so, Lord, what are you looking for? What What do you want? What is it that's going to be truly pleasing to you? And what is it that I can give you that puts me in right relationship with you? You want want more sacrifices? You want more bulls? You want more calves? Do you want more libations of oil, offerings of wine, of grain? 
all of these external religious practices that Israel was engaged in, Lord, is, is that what you need more of? No. No, no. This is what the Lord asks of you, says Micah, only this, to act justly, to love tenderly, and to walk humbly with your God. Hey, Jesus, do you need nine First Fridays? I can do that. And then I'll just go on my way. You can get back to doing what you're doing, and I'll get back to what I'm doing. And just remember on my deathbed, nine First Fridays, good, we're solid. Nah, Jesus doesn't need you to make nine First Fridays. That's not the point. The nine First Fridays needs to be an expression of the heart. It becomes a kind of overflowing, a a making visible of what is truly in the heart. To act justly, to love tenderly, to walk humbly with your God. Here's the interesting thing. What is it that God is asking? God is asking of us that which no one else can give. Which is my love, my heart. No one else can do that. No one else can give my love. No one else can give my heart but me. So, do that. Anyone can make the nine first Fridays. That's not a problem. God doesn't need just anyone to make the nine first Fridays. What does he want? He wants that which only I can give. And that's, that's my love. That's my heart. You know, the prophets do this over and over again. They're reminding Israel that that God doesn't need your external actions. He doesn't need your sacrifices. He doesn't get hungry and therefore need the flesh of bulls and goats. You know, he doesn't need the smoke rising from these sacrifices as a kind of perfume to, you know, drink in and enjoy. Don't give him your sacrifices without giving him your heart. Through Micah, the Lord lays the accusation. He says, My people, what have I done to you? How have I been a burden to you? Answer me. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I rescued you from the house of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you with Aaron and Miriam. And, you know, since then, what else has God done for us? Sent his only son, who suffered, died, and rose again, who gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit who incorporated us into the mystical body of Christ, which is the church, who's given us the promise of salvation, who's nurtured, nourished, and sustained us every single moment of our lives. Like, what else is there? What else could the Lord do for us that he hasn't done? And why are we so cold? Why are we so far off? Why are we so slow to respond to his invitation of love? Why are we so mean with our hearts? The Lord asks only one thing, to act justly, to love tenderly, to walk humbly with him. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not getting down on, you know, external actions of devotion. Nothing wrong with making the nine first Fridays, but it's got to come from the heart. Nothing wrong with going to Mass on Sundays. It's a very good thing to do, but it's got to come from the heart. Don't give him your external actions without giving him your heart as well. But, you know, it's an easy trap to fall into. Um, you know, when you when you sit down and do your morning prayers, um, just kind of blast through it in order to, to get it done and then go, well, Lord, that's done. You know, do we do we go to mass, uh, you know, with our mind sort of on other things, constantly distracted. But you know what? Like I did my duty. I got I got my mass done on the Sunday. 
did my monthly confession. So, you know, box ticked. I didn't really have to think about what I was sorry for. I just, you know, sort of repeated exactly the same thing from the month before and the month before and the month before and the month before. But, you know, the slate's clean now, so we're all good. You know, it's really easy to fall into these traps, to allow our hearts to grow distant while our devotions remain constant. Prayer needs to be an encounter with God, a time that we consecrate to him. And, you know, sure, it might be filled, filled, filled with distractions, but we need to turn to him. And the same with Mass. You know, it's not just the obligation that needs to be fulfilled. It's the encounter that we have with him, the opportunity to draw into his presence. And so, too, with confession, it's not about wiping the slate clean, but an authentic encounter with you know, Christ, who is the divine physician. And it's not about making the nine first Fridays to keep you out of hell, but to draw close to Jesus, who in his sacred heart exposes his great love for us and our opportunity to make a response with our own hearts. Now, just a quick word about the nine first Fridays. The promise that Jesus makes is that if you make the nine first Fridays receiving Holy Communion on those nine consecutive months, that you won't die without the grace of final repentance. Uh, And I, I certainly hope that that's where that man ended up. That he came to recognize that Jesus didn't want his nine first Fridays, but wanted his heart. That having given him only nine first Fridays and not the entirety of his life and his heart, was something really to be sorry for. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. 
At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Thank you.